0: Good morning, guys. Good morning. Wow, what a crowd. I love to see you guys out there sitting at the table eating. It's like old times, right? So I want to welcome each and every one of you to Band of Brothers this morning. And for the few of you on Zoom, you're still important. I want to welcome you, at least through this month, through the month of June anyway. Um, Band of Brothers is pretty much back to normal now, except we need to get the other 20 or 30 guys that were coming to get in here. But anyway, I'm really excited today. I want to welcome you if this is your very, very first time. Not if you haven't been here in six months, a year. If it's your first time, the table leaders will show you in the bowl, there's a form. And if you fill it out completely and legibly, we're going to give you an official welcome. And you'll also be on the computer because very soon, if not next week or the week after, we're going back to where you don't have to send me text of the attendance because we're going to go back to doing the stickers so now um don't forget that please whoever wants to take charge at the table every single man here has to be i have to get a text or if you want to write it out on a sheet of paper i need last names not bob you know what i mean i can't log in bob because there might be three thousand bobs on the on the hub but anyway um I want to welcome you, today's a very special day because as you know at the end of each series we've just finished the series, the third one on Micah 6-8, we just finished Walk Humbly with Thy God, and at the end of that we always have a life story, at least through May. This will be the last life story of the season, but a few months back I asked the two senior members and rather than do it, come up and speak, we found an alternative way because you know, they weren't keen on doing that. We found an alternative way where we're going to, and I've done this before, we're going to conduct an interview of each of them. And I think you're going to find this really interesting because we have two guys that are unfiltered, first of all. And, um, and they've been through a lot of life. And I think if you really pay attention, we can all learn some life lessons. So I'm going to, at this point, welcome to the stage. I'm going to welcome Dick Worth and Tom Lowe. Yeah. The biggest challenge is getting up here. Right.
1: I'm with you right there. All right. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you. You okay?
2: Well, one on either side. Uh, okay.
0: Do you go over his house every night and get him up the steps like
1: this?
2: (laughs) He doesn't have
0: any steps. All right, thank you for coming. We'll see you all next week. Yeah, It'll it'll be on, but make sure you put it real close to your mouth. So in case you don't know, This is Dick Worth, and that's Tom Lowe. All right, so I'm going to start out. um, Let's just open in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for these two gentlemen that we've grown to love so much, privileged to sit at their table. Uh, Lord, I ask that you just uh, clear their hearts of any fear, any anxiety. Mine, too, and that we can just have a general conversation they're just talking amongst ourselves, and that uh, you can hear the background of these men and that how they love God. And my prayer is that from their stories, we can learn lessons, and we can also draw closer. The most important thing is to draw closer to your son, Jesus Christ, because it's in his name, I pray. Okay, so in each question, start with Dick and then move over to time. Amen. All right, so Dick, uh, tell us a little bit. And we have to keep it, keep it as brief as possible. But tell us a little bit about uh, your growing up. Like,
1: where did you grow up, okay? Yeah, I was born uh, in Camden at co- the Cooper Hospital and grew up in Merchantville. And uh nice small town. And uh, back when it was a homey atmosphere and uh, was there until I, I got married. What, 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 tell me a little bit
0: about, like, what was your childhood like? Like, did you come, did you come from, uh, from like a,
1: a stable environment? Was your family life stable? Yeah. Okay. Tell us a little bit. Well, my brother, I have a brother that's four years older, and he's still alive, Duffey, <laughs> and uh, we grew up in a, in a single home. My dad never owned a home until we he I was a junior in high school he suddenly they told us we had to get out of this rented zone and he had to work another five years to pay for it and uh, so it was tough but it was we're close knit good a lot of relatives in the area we all lived within Murcherville and Saucon and it was 24 of us all together were, all my cousins
0: were your were were your parents churchgoers or believers
1: or churchgoers mom was uh, my dad never made much money so he uh on sundays his excuse was i got things to do around the house basically he did every week almost but mom went uh, and took us Great. So, Tom,
0: same question. That Where did you grow up and what was your childhood like? Was your family environment stable or how would you describe it?
2: Well, can you hear me? That's all right. All right. Well, my, uh, uh, my childhood was very good. Uh, I had two parents that were um, God-loving and uh, very religious. They went to church all the time and they were very active in the church. Uh, I wasn't that active, although I went there because I had to, because they went there. But uh, all in all, uh, I, I believe in what the Bible says, if you, uh, if you uh, teach your child young, uh, when they get old, older they'll be uh, as good as your parents were and i find that true because i find myself well not right now but earlier leaning back toward uh, uh, the religion and the bible and and i usually started to read the bible but uh I had a good, uh, I had a good life.
0: Okay. Um, I like that verse that you quoted, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I used to give parenting seminars, and I used to say, now remember, guys, the Bible says when he is old, not when he's a teenager. So, so sometimes you have to wait until that child comes along a little bit, because we're all have a tendency uh, to try to, uh, before we become Christians, to want to to want to be independent, and you know. We all I, all. I often said, and it's not an original statement, it's funny um, how my father, when I was young, he knew everything. When I got to be a teenager, all of a sudden he forgot everything, he didn't know anything, and then he got smarter again as I got older, right? So it's like, that's, that's exactly what happens, okay. So each one of you, Dick first, what, what, what was your first recollection
1: of church, like walking into church? What was it like for you to go to church? Well. I went to Episcopal Church in Murchville for fifty years, and uh, went through the chairs. I was uh, baptized and went to confirmation, and uh, really didn't understand what I was doing. I was you know I, I didn't sink in like it should, but uh, and it was more like a, a a ritual. That's something I had to do on Sundays, and really didn't. Go could, true could me like it should have. I but, say that honestly today. I I didn't really learn a whole lot. We had a church school. Uh, that's, we didn't have a summer school, but they had one in town. I went like one year, I think. But the the church uh, was more or less a ritual. And what, didn't, what, I didn't learn a whole lot.
0: What about you, Tom? What, what was your first experience?
2: Uh, from what I can recollect i was uh, I was a little on the on problem side uh, I was a very uh inquisitive guy child, and I always get in trouble by looking into things i shouldn 't look in but all in all, as I grew up uh when I was about 10 years old, I was baptized. And like Dick, uh, I wasn't really, uh, you know, it was something I had to do because my parents knew the, the pastor. And, and uh, I went to the catechism and all that sort of business. And uh, I wasn't really ready to be baptized, but I did it because my parents wanted me to do it. And I was baptized. And as we get, uh, closer into these questions you give us i'll i'll tell you what happens when you really really get god in your in your system
0: okay we'll look forward to that Um, Tell me a little bit about your growing years, like your friends. What kind of friends did you have? What kind of activities were you involved in school? Did you have time for school activities like sports? Dick, why don't you go first? What what type of friends
1: would you say you had in high school? Well, Marchville High School was uh, a small school. A graduate uh, was was 167, I think, graduated as seniors. But... And that's with Penn-Salkin, before they had their high school, some of their kids came over to Mercerville and a lot of them went to Morristown. But uh, going through school, I was full of the devil and uh, was kind of known as a jokester. And uh, I don't know, I was born that way. I guess I just enjoyed fooling around and uh, didn't take serious school too seriously.
0: Were you involved in any activities in school?
1: Yeah, I, I of course, was a, loved sports and uh, played basketball. Uh, one of my saddest things that I did, and I still regret, is uh, five, four of us were promoted as sophomores to, to the varsity. And uh, I started as a junior and was Very upset with the coach as a senior, because, well, just because. And uh, quit the team in the middle of the season. And I regret that to this day. I'm not known as a quitter, but I I did quit. I was so unhappy that I went and played outdoors in another league. (laughs) And I'm sorry for that one. Tom, what about you? What kind of friendships did
0: you form in high school years and your formative years? And what kind of activities were you involved in when you were in high school? Me?
2: Yes. Uh, not much. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Next. <laughs>
0: That's great. So, like we used to tell my little sister, she always got she always got annoyed when I said it, but I thought it was funny. I would say, yeah, her name was Margie. I'd say, Margie was studying to be an astronaut when she was at school because all she did was take up space. <laughs> so, so I got better, I got better laugh than the jokes I told when Eric was here anyway. Okay. All right. So um Okay, so what path did you take after high school? What, what, what did you do with your life after high school? Did you go to college? Did you go service? What did you do at the high school? I'll let you go first, Tom.
2: Huh? Uh, I went uh, right into service. Which service? Air Force. I was there for four years. Uh, enjoyed every minute of it, too. Uh, what years were you in? From 57 to 60, 61. Were you, and, uh, did, were you stationed
0: mostly in the States or
2: did you stationed mostly in the States? I was over in the Far East most of the time. In, but uh, it was a, an experience that I won't forget, especially when I was in Korea. And uh, it, it's just a different world over there. You just don't know the difference between being an American and being in Korea. Living in America, and then going over to a third, uh, third type—I uh, uh, don't, can't think of the word—third uh, world country. Third world country. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> and uh, they just live different. And, and uh, in fact, I don't like to say this, but. I didn't go into town until I was there for about four months, and then I just went in with a bunch of guys and raised the, the devil.
0: <laughs> so, what did you when you were in the service? Did you bring the upbringing with you of your church going, or did you? Uh, how were you spiritually at that time?
2: Well, we had uh, a religious service at the com- compound we were in. We only had about maybe 200 guys there, and uh, but we really didn't have time. They kept us busy, and uh, uh, so consequently, we didn't have the time to go to church or go to chapel. Uh, most of the time, I was on duty because we had to work around the clock. So you know, when you're when you're not working, you're sleeping. And when you're not sleeping, you're, well, I won't get into that.
0: All right. So, so Dick, what what, what to you right after high school? What uh, path did your life take right after high school?
2: Well, briefly,
1: I went to uh, vocational school for about one season to play a little ball. And then uh, a friend of mine came home from playing b- baseball, who signed with the Dodgers and was released. And he talked me into going in the Coast Guard. And uh, I spent four years there. And uh, looking back on it, it made a man out of me, one way or another. It's, uh, you know, I've, I've seen a lot. I went, was in the Arctic, so I was up in Greenland. Uh, a ship stuck in the ice up there. We put a ladder over and drank beer right over the side of a 327. And uh, the last year and a half, I was search and rescue on an eighty-three footer. As a ship swimmer, I had to go in several times to help people and pull pull people out. Uh, Was only involved with a crash of an airliner; seventy-eight people died. We had to fish out what was left. So it was an experience I'll never forget. So, Uh, so that's where. You going to ask me? Uh, this is where I found God. Really, like, many a time I prayed for myself and some of the men on the ship. We went out in the 83. We went out when people c- came in because somebody was stuck out there somewhere. And uh, it was experienced man, when the waves come right over the whole boat. So, so yeah. that that's a great segue because I was going to
0: ask you. Um, we talked about this at the table because uh, I have the privilege of sitting at the same table as these two guys. What, what or who would you say led you to having a personal re- an actual personal relationship with Jesus Christ? And when did that happen? Where, where you really started
1: having a relationship rather than just going to church? Well, to be quite honest with you, uh, when my wife got sick, I was here. We've been in here now some twenty twenty some years, and when she got sick, we were right here in this this was church here and uh, I'd bring her in in a wheelchair and we attended services and and i when they uh, I prayed for her because she was such a vibrant person and she couldn't she couldn't get around and uh, eventually they Said that she should go into a home. And I went with the, her in the home because I couldn't stand letting her go. And I was there four months, and they put her in total care. They wanted me to pay for another room. And this is nine grand a month, uh, both each room. So, uh, but I prayed to God, and I've said it this most of you guys have talked to me one way or another. I try to pray to god especially at night with any kind of problem that i have and it seems like almost every morning i have an answer and i've been going that way since since back then i guess you'd say uh, before that we only pray when you were in trouble <laughs> that's not good
0: so tom uh, what What would you say, what person or what situation led you into actually uh, accepting Christ and having a personal relationship with him, where where you have a one-on-one relationship? Who or what led you to that point?
2: Well, that's a a good question. Um, uh, I accepted my Lord in my heart when I was at one of uh, Billy Graham's, uh, what, what do they call them, uh, Crusades. It was in Philadelphia in the old uh, stadium they had there. JFK. And that place was loaded with people. And I was very shy, uh, laid back type of uh, individual. Uh, but during his... Uh, Speech or his uh, teachings, uh, it just hit me, and I was like in a different world. Uh, I I I was with my parents, of course, and I and we're sitting up in the in the higher elevations in in the uh, stadium, and I just got up and I walked from where I was all the way down to the ground floor in the middle of that thing. And I, I and I still remember that, and uh, it was an, a, a just a, a eye-opening type of experience that you go through, and you don't go through it that often. Uh, I often think back of what I did when I when uh, when that happened, and uh, most of the time I didn't speak at all. Uh, my uh, parents were very happy for me. Uh, they used to, yeah, they used to. They always asked me questions and whatnot, and I never came back with any answers. I couldn't. But uh, that's lasted with me my whole life, and that's the high point, I think, that I've ever had. And al- although I do have s- certain instances where uh, uh, I was in. in When this is when I was working, when I was at the shipyard, and uh, I was a a, a general foreman, and uh, we had a lot of problems with equipment, and uh, I was the guy who had to be called in if something goes wrong, and I was called in every time, every time they they using this. Uh, equipment, it would break down, and when it broke down, it was melting. It's a melting in Fifty tons of uh, metal. I mean, <laughs> that's nothing to play with. And uh, I remember so many times they called me in, and I come in there, and I didn't know, you know, I'm just, I'm just human. I well, oh, I don't have the power to stop everything, and. Uh, I remember I always looked to God for guidance. Amen. And He's always come through for me. Always come through. And even though uh, I was not as good as I should have been when I was a, a supervisor with language and with uh, dealing with the uh, workers. Uh, i still treated everybody the way i wanted to be treated
0: nice um why don't you tell us where did you work where where did you where
1: were you employed well uh i had a couple of jobs where i ended up at camel soup and uh how long were you at camel soup 28 years i was there about a year in an inspector uh, inspection department I looked around and I saw above me as the third class I was so there second class and first class there was at least five guys that were going to get promoted uh, because of attrition and whatever and I said geez I'm here in third class all I'm doing is testing soup and take tasting it and checking platforms etc and I they my notice and this guy came to me one day and said, I want to meet this, Mr. Pritchett in his office. I said, OK. When I went in, he said, I've been watching you. And he said, I'd like to hire you into my department with services. And he said, I've uh, got various duties. The duties included running the cafeteria, company store, the guards, Painters, all this, anything that wasn't soup related. And uh, so I took over second shift. And uh, he said, "There's a guy there named Parker. He's running the thing, and I'm not happy. He's getting ready to retire, and he's kind of afraid of people. He doesn't. He's one of them yes guys. But I'm putting you in charge, and Parker knows it." <laughs> so the second week I was there, I suspended the shop steward. And if you guys hadn't been around it, you know that's all hell breaks loose at that point. And they threatened me and this and that. but uh, I soon got order. and laundry was another job, and i I worked the laundry and was instrumental in closing that and going outside for handling the clothes. And uh, so I had a a good place and and uh, the irony is at fifty five. They decided to close the plant and uh, they played all kinds of games with you. But basically, you're going to get lost, you're out. I was blessed then. I had a guy that I went to high school with a millionaire looking for somebody to work a mushroom operation. And he wanted somebody up there for a year or two to straighten that out up there in the research. I was there for about two years. And they made this change up there with this stuff, the machine. I was working, and uh, I quit because I I I couldn't come home every night. So far, and I told my wife if I didn't if I didn't sell the house by December Christmas, I'd quit, which I did. And uh, God, they sold the house in March. (laughs) But uh, another millionaire killed me for high school and uh, he wanted me to uh, run a a company store or a uh, store a true value so i went down there as assistant manager a month later after i was there i found the manager stealing and we fired him and i became manager. (laughs) so it's it's quite a story i got the whole thing got me to 62 where i decided i had to quit and the store was going belly up at that point. It's just too much competition.
0: Um, I'm sorry, I can't resist this, but Dick, you're the perfect guy to run a mushroom factory because you're a fun guy.
2: And he likes being in the dark. (laughs)
0: Couldn't resist it as soon as I he said I can make it.
1: a comment here.
0: All right. Let's start with you, and Tom, on this one. I want you to be completely, we're going to be completely vulnerable because I like you guys to do this at the table too because we've all had these instances, especially the young guys. Um, by the way, these are our two most senior guys here. So when I say the young guys, you can be talking to everybody out here, right? So um, can you tell me about a time... To start with you, Tom, can you tell me a time in your life where maybe you felt the most distant from God, the most distant? Since you've been a Christian, have you you ever been the most distant from God?
2: Uh, No. Uh, And I I say this with uh, all uh, sensibility. Uh, Anytime I was in a situation where... uh, i needed my savior he was there he was there he and i I've, I've traveled all over the world i've been in situations where no uh, nobody would like to be in and uh, he was always behind me and anything that i did i used to, i used to uh, say a little prayer and, and whatever decision i had to make i made and it was a good decision and um, that's why I, I I got where I got. I guess I. I
0: that's fantastic. But uh,
2: he so was, just, and he's still with me. So he's you, you
0: always you always felt his presence. Yeah.
2: Now I'll tell you another thing. This is off the cuff. Uh-oh. Uh oh. I met this gentleman. Well, I shouldn't say gentleman. A friend. Thank you. <laughs> He's well-behaved now, isn't he? He, Most of the time he's chewing my butt out for some reason. I'm driving wrong.
1: We only got a half hour.
0: (laughs) We we have to wrap this up. First, I want to ask you the same question. Was there ever a time in your life, honestly, where you felt the most distant from God?
1: Uh, Matter of fact, yes. Uh, I guess it was right out of high school, really. Uh, I was one of the guys guys that didn't go to college. It was very few, but I was one of them, and uh, got in trouble quite a bit. We found a place where we could go drinking at 17, 18, and get in there in a bar at night sometimes, and, and uh, actually got arrested once, but they didn't book us. They took us to a Cherry Hill police because uh, some guy took a at one of our guys and we ended up in a brawl and uh, so you know I was kind of a pardon the expression hellraiser. and uh, I, I just that when we sat there in the jail just just scare us I guess but sitting there looking at them bars I said something's got to change and that's when I first sprayed again I I've been away from it that whole time And I said, you know, it's not going to be this way. It can't be this way. And uh, I guess that's the first incident anyway. There's been a couple. So can you name an incident?
0: At what time frame or can you name an incident when you actually felt the closest to
1: God? I guess when my wife died. There's nothing to compare in life and losing your mate of 62 years. And uh, I talked to God all day almost. I was there at the rest home when she died and I watched her take her last breath. And it's it's something I hope you guys understand that this, this this is not easy. And just to watch your soulmate vanished from the earth and uh, you have to accept where she is and i pray every day that she's with her mother in heaven because they were very close and uh, when you're alone that's a lot of thing you think about at night um, i don't i'm sorry i don't want to get no into you're gr- that.
0: you're great uh, uh, tom can you name a time in your life where you felt the absolute closest to god
2: well, uh, there are certain uh, situation I was, situations I was in which I don't like to remember. But um, like Dick, I was a hellraiser. I was in trouble. A uh, lot of uh, Different charges against me and things of that sort because I was a wise guy. And um, what happened to me? I was uh, I was in a, uh, uh, a career field that was uh, it was uh, not not used to uh, being in a military. Uh, it was like a civilian's job because I was on the, on these sites all around South Carolina and North Carolina. And, uh, we had Quonset huts. We, we did, we had to cook for ourselves, all this other stuff. And, and, uh, I had a weakness and my weakness was moonshine. And I used to drink the devil out of that stuff. Uh, and, uh, after a while, and I'm I'm always reflected back to my childhood because my parents never drank, and I was like a drain, you know. And just it just kept coming. I could I could I could really uh, sh- shovel it down, so to speak. But anyway, I was at this uh, area in North Carolina, right in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I mean nowhere. I think we had to go drive 10 miles to even get near a garage. And um, uh, I was friendly with the the, uh, neighbors out there, and we used to go out, and I'd go into some crazy stuff we used to do. But anyway, we got a hold of a uh, half a gallon or a gallon of this stuff, and we went back to the... Uh, to the barracks or to the Quonset hut. And uh, we all started, you know, like we always did, and start telling jokes and laughing and fun and all that sort of business. And we had a civilian with us. And the next thing I remember, uh, well, let let me preface this. We were always stationed at a fire tower. One of those towers goes way up in the air and they put a spotter up there and they look around during the daytime or nighttime in the fire season to see where the fires were, if there were fires. And I don't know how high that was, I guess a couple hundred feet. And I had the ladders that go this way and then that way. And all that's... Well, one morning I woke up and I woke up on top of that doggone thing. And I had no idea how I got there.
0: And that's when you felt closest to God? Yep. Because you were high up?
2: Well, I could be, I, I didn't think of it that way, but <laughs> I, 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 that sort of opened my eyes and I started to cry. And uh, I was by myself and I was driving down to get some uh breakfast and i had to drive about 15 miles or that and during that 15 miles i had to really really think about my life and how my life is going to be affected by this good and um, uh to this day i don't get me wrong i i still involved and went you know This guy here, yeah.
0: Well, let me let me um, let me go and ask you too. If you could only, if you had to pick one incident in your life that you would thank God for, just one, if you had to narrow it down to one, what would that one most important incident be
2: that you that you would thank God for, Tom? uh you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, this is this is interesting. Um, everybody knows Dick's son, Dave. He was a member here. And Dave is a very astute, personal, uh, professional uh, person. Uh, I don't think he's in the law. He don't have a law degree, but he almost does have a law degree. And he's got a very, very important job. Well, his daughter is going to get married. And they wanted Dick as his as a uh, grandfather to be down there, and he wouldn't he wouldn't go, he would not go. I don't know, was was your wife uh, living in? Yes. She was living in. Yes. And that was one of the reasons why he was so hesitant not to go. But finally they talked him in. He says, "Look," he says, "We want you down there," and he says, "I'll tell you what." You see if Tom wants to go. He, he, your partner down there. So he asked me, and I said, Well, I don't know whether I want to do that or not. You know, it's, that's down in uh, Mexico. Where are we at? Cancun. Cancun. And uh, he says, Oh, don't worry about it. Everything's taken care of. All we got to do is sign our name, and, and everything's paid for. And so I said, OK, we went down there. We had an excellent time. In fact, we talk about going back there again sometime. So that's what you're thankful for. But no, by the way, man, no. That's this is what I'm getting to. One night, we came back to the room we were in. Don't shake your head. <laughs> and uh, uh, we had. I had a bunk bed. He had a, uh, you know, one of them big, heavy beds. So I'm laying down there and we're feeling no pain, so to speak. And I'm just about dozed off, and I hear somebody talking. And he's saying, uh, uh, baby, "You bless this and bless." It was him. He was saying his prayers before he went to bed, mm-hmm. and he was saying them out loud. So I could hear I guess I don't know but I was really impressed with that. And even though we we do things we don't we know that are wrong uh we still have that coherence where every Sunday I pick him up or he picks me up and we come to church and we come to the band of brothers and we come to sage and uh it's just something that we do, we we automatically do. We don't think about it. We don't uh, uh, discuss whether we wanna go or not. We just go and we have a good time being there. We make good friends like you guys out here. Uh, you've probably seen us in some of these uh, uh, affairs we have. Not affairs, I would say dinners or whatever. And uh, what's your, what's your, uh, you're saying something that I should be interested no, in?
0: No. So if you had to name one thing in your life, Dick, that you're, if you had to name one thing in your life that you're most thankful for, what would it
1: be? That's easy. Uh, you guys might think I'm lying. This band of brothers, I've told some of you occasionally, let me say this before I get cut off I said to anybody who wants to listen I never had friends like the like the friends that are here
2: yeah I didn't
1: (laughs) any one of you guys if I asked you to help me or come to my house because I need something every one of you guys would come any one of you I've never had that all the years of my friends so-called friends Um, Most of them were all college grads that I hung with. And they had their own life, and that was it. We'd see them and go this and that. But to get one of them to actually come help you do something never happens. And I've never seen guys like this, different ages and all kinds of occupations. that will truly say our friends. And I love every one of you guys. I appreciate it and uh this best thing ever happened to me i'll tell you it's true thank you that uh, you're well, all here anytime i want to talk to a friend they're all here mm-hmm. and i thank you for it one final question
0: what are you doing what can you advise the younger guys what what would, advice would you give them as far as how to finish strong for God? What which, which should they be doing in their life? How to finish? What are you doing in your life now at this stage to finish strong serving God, to finish strong for God? The final
1: question. Well, strangely enough, of course I'm alone, so, but strangely enough, I look back at people that I knew from any walk of life and he knows that I call people through the book. I got a book of all my classmates and stuff and crossed out some of the ones that are gone. But any guy or girl that I know that's alive that may help, need help, I call them. A lot of them are happy to hear from me. And don't ask me why, I, I don't even hardly know some of them. And maybe they think I'm stupid or something, but I want to know. And if they need a little help in hand, I'll be there. Fantastic. And that, this is what God's told us to do. And Tom, what about Somebody, somebody needs a own? little I'm hand. Sorry.
0: sorry. Tom, what about you? What are you doing in your life? And what can you advise guys as, as we get up in age and we're retired, how to finish strong serving the Lord?
2: Uh, uh, I can only speak for myself. I, I can't speak for anybody else because i'm me and you're you uh one thing i've done and in, uh, in my lifetime i was married once i got divorced i met a beautiful lady and i married her and she died with cancer and when she died with cancer i i was there and uh when she died in, in the hospital and uh I I just asked God, what can I do? What, what what am I gonna do? She was she was my life, my whole my whole being. And uh I made my way out of the hospital and got back get back home. And um I've been by myself ever since that happened, and that's about, about ten years uh but one thing I did, and I made a solemn promise to my lord that as long as I had the the funds to uh give to the church, I would tithe my whatever I would in retirement so and so forth so the bottom line is that i have and i never had i never had a lot of money but i got more money now than i ever had in my life and i spend more money in church than i ever did in my life Mm -hmm. and i i put that in in uh equal levels with uh, being solvent, and uh, hey, I drive around in Mercedes Benz. What do you expect? Man? I I never saw that. Keeps reminding me of it, though. Mm-hmm. But these are the the things that he has done for me. He has blessed me time and time again, as he has blessed Dick time and time again, and also uh, our leader here, uh, and you guys. You might not think it but he's right there with you and uh, you just keep praying and you keep plugging away and doing the things that you know is right and not doing the things you know is wrong and you'll find yourself in good stead and when you wake up after you're dead you'll be in heaven
0: so um what do you think of these guys huh let's hear it come on